Thanks for downloading this IMSA Radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA Radio wherever they get their podcasts. WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio. It's three and a half miles, 12 turns. The classic combo of the road and oval circuit that has started the international series here in the US for a very long time indeed. Oh, if these bits of tarmac could talk, what stories they could tell. And we're setting history again today here on this track with all the nuances of the infield through turn one and then back out onto the speedway turn one at turn six the Le Mans chicane really underlining that this is a new era of sports car racing a new era of cooperation a new era of partnership a new era of understanding and the word is convergence at the front of the field nine new DPI 2.0s GTP makes its debut on the world stage with Acura, Porsche, Cadillac and BMW fighting to be the best of the next 24 hours. A 24 hours that you'll have here live and uninterrupted on 107.9 around the circuit on Sirius XM 207 and of course around the world on RS2, the home of IMSA Radio. If you're outside the US, you can tune into our World Feed TV pictures via IMSA Radio and the live video tab. We'll start off with Jeremy Shaw and me, John Hindhoff up here. It is Joe Bradley and Shea Adam in the pit lane. Nick Damon will join us later, as will Peter Mackay and Johnny Palmer and Bruce Jones to come in our overnight night shift where we uh, take over NBC from 2am to 6am Eastern uh, with our Night Owls presentation powered by Sacred Coffee. That's all to come, but for now, take a breath, get yourself settled down and stand by. Those of you who are here will be able to say you witnessed this live. Those of you watching and listening around the world will be able to say that you heard the first turns of the Michelin tyres of the new GTP class. I can't tell you how excited we are. I can't tell you how much excitement there is in the paddock. And optimism, Jeremy Shaw, is flowing like a waterfall in the IMSA paddock. Great, great announcements this week from all the manufacturers. We saw the drivers for the Garage 56 for Le Mans announced early on the new shirt. The new uh, Corvette GT3 car sits just opposite us. A golden age of sports car racing? No doubt about it. Uh, and you're right. Uh, optimism, enthusiasm, excitement, all of those words, whatever adjective you want to come up with that's positive, go for it. Because that applies to the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship and for the next 24 hours, the 61st Rolex 24 at Daytona. Cars are rolling on their formation laps. It's just about perfect. A little bit of cloud uh, overhead at the moment on the track. 84 Fahrenheit is 28 Celsius in the air. 64 Fahrenheit 
18 Celsius. That's a bit warmer than uh, the forecast was predicting, and the overnight temperatures nowhere near as low as they were last year, at least in the forecast. Yeah, that's exactly right. The forecast has changed rapidly through the week, but it's, it's getting more and more positive. Again, more and more positivity here. It's perfect right now, absolutely perfect. A little bit of cloud cover, still the sun is, yeah, just, the sun's just not too bright, but it's there. It's great, fabulous. Through the turn seven, Le Mans chicane, which has been an action area, Costa pole position for Porsche and Nick Tandy last Sunday when the grid was set. It will be Tom Blomqvist who brings the cars through to their start with the Acura number 60. He was quickest last Sunday with the Porsche 963 of Felipe Nazar alongside him. We've got triple wide. Check that, quad wide yeah. from our safety cars <laughs> at the front of the field. That is an awesome sight from our four manufacturers in GTP. More than a little golf clap there. Split start as well with the GTD and GTD Pro cars sitting a ways back from the prototypes. Take a deep breath, everybody. This has been a long time coming. Many of us never thought we'd see it in our lifetime. Convergence is real. And the 24-hour starts right now. Thank you to Dr. Don Panos, who put this all in motion back in the late 1990s. We are racing for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship and the 61st running of the Rolex 24 hours of Daytona. Tom Blomqvist gets a decent start. And pulls away at the front of the field, but he's under pressure straight away by the yellow-fronted 0-1 Sebastian Borte Cadillac. That's a brilliant start from him. Now, GTDs, Mercedes for the top three, and then the vantage of Ross Gunn across the line. The bright blue chrome car down on the inside is the 71 Sun Energy 1. That was the 61st entry here this weekend as the prototypes are about to go back onto the banking it's a good start for Fabian Schiller Mike Skeen holding on in second place the top three Mercedes have got through we've got a problem out on the far side of the circuit it is already a problem for Stephen Thomas and the number 11 prototype that's the TDS racing LMP2 car he went straight on at the Western Horseshoe, looks like there's little or no damage on that car. He recovers, but he's lost the draft, of course, which is so important here. There's, there's another car that's slow on the banking, too, coming out of turn six, I think. Not sure who that is. It's stuck on the banking, yeah. in fact, Jeremy. That is now just dropping down, and that's another one of the LMP2 cars. Yeah, and Stephen Thomas just went way too, too, too hard into turn at five there, it was, it went round wide. I think it's the, the tower, tower car that's going slow. I think slow. it is, yeah. It's the eight car looking through the binoculars at the far end of the field, far end of the racetrack. So drama early on. Wow, what a sight that was. Those nine GTP cars getting underway. Tom Blomqvist has jumped off into a decent lead. What a start, though, by Sebastian Bourdais, who... Picked his way through into second. Felipe Nazar, who started on the outside of the front row in the best of the Porsches, in third. Then in fourth position, the Koniga Minolda Acura. Now, Wayne Taylor Racing with Andretti Autosport. Two giants of American motorsport coming together. It's making that collaboration and partnership. What else for Andretti? Formula One with GM potentially 
as well as everything else that they're doing and now sports cars as well but at the front of the field we're still green and Tom Blomqvist leads by a handy one and a half seconds unfortunately although Stephen Thomas steered out in the number 11 TDS car the guys down at Tower talking to their driver in the number 8 machine that's John Ferrano and the yellow is out pits are closed all the excitement, all the anticipation and Tom Blomqvist's one and a half second lead will disappear well it gives us a breather at least Jeremy if nothing else <laughs> yeah exactly right uh, I tell you what it was a nice clean start there and I think pretty much everybody did, uh, did a good job of staying in their lines in their respective grid order two by two before the start finish line that's the key to this anything other than that you're going to get a penalty if you change lanes before the start finish line at the start you're liable to a penalty uh, the, the, interesting the number 83 Lamborghini which is about the most distinctive car in the field it's bright pink that's the Iron Dames Lamborghini Rahel, Rahel Frey she took initially thought about moving out and then quickly moved back into line again uh, I, so I think she'll be fine with that I think that was okay but uh, it was a nice clean start and uh, boy that uh, that Acura really left, leapt off the line didn't it but what a shame here for Paul John Ferrano and this uh, Tower Motorsport team they got uh, some high profile uh, co-drivers there with John for this race the uh, IndyCar stars the Bus Brothers uh, Joseph Newgarden and Scott Scotty McLaughlin joining uh, them is the youngster Kiffin Simpson uh, and John Ferran, of course, he and Tamos, what they won the LMP2 championship last season, the overall championship, of which, incidentally, this is actually not around. It is around in LMP2 for the Michelin Endurance Cup, but for the season-long championship, it isn't. Long story, but basically, you've got long races and the short races, and uh, this one is not an overall championship round. But this is really disappointing for that Tower Motorsport team. They've, uh, they, they came into this race with high with high expectations as they always do now particularly having had so, so much success last year but um, it's, it's going to be a, a going to have to be a come from behind effort now for John Ferrano and team the good news for Stephen Thomas is he was able to, to get going again at the tail of the field in LMP2 so he should be fine uh, and before we go back to green now once the field has, has uh, reset itself behind the safety car then there will be a reordering of the classes. So the GTP cars uh, will stay at the front of the field where they are in any case. The LMP2s will move ahead. There's a couple of them, Stephen Thomas and Fred Pordad, who'd slip behind a couple of the LMP3s. Uh, Stephen, of course, because of his spin. But they will reset that order before the green flag. The GTDs and GTD Pros, well, they are treated as just one class. Yes. Uh, they're the same specification of car whether you're pro or not so they will not be set it'll be all the GTD Correct. cars in whatever order they happen to be indeed as they started Jeremy they, they, they qualified yeah. as a, a single class hello to Alan McNish feels like I haven't said that for quite some time tuned in from home uh, reminding me that uh, this is my 25th season of covering uh, American sports car uh, racing uh, and also reminding me uh, when uh, Martin Haven, our cohort, introduced us both to Speed Pool in San Francisco. Uh, yes, 
I have a vague memory of that, Mr. McNish. Let's go down to the pit lane and to Joe Bradley. There's a story there, but it's, I, think we're, I think we're outside the statute of limitations now for that. Joe Bradley down with Tower Motorsport. Problems for them early on. Yeah, and we're not out the statute of limitations too early, Eindhoff. Um, yes, uh, they're not sure of what the problem is that's brought the car to a halt. What they are sure of is where the car's been recovered, and that's back to the garage. The team have left the box and are heading over there right now. Thank you very much indeed. At IMSA Radio, if you'd like to get in touch with us. IMSA Radio and IMSA TV together outside the US. The two people saying they're uh, struggling to get that uh, international feed. We're checking with that at the moment, but uh, not aware of any issues. We'll, uh, we'll get back to you on the socials as far, far as that is concerned. Just coming through to complete a, another lap, Tom Blomqvist and the big winner, Seb Bordet, for Cadillac 01, the Chip Ganassi-run Cadillac racing car, who made up positions. Uh, I know this is early to say that, but obviously I've already had tweets on this, Jeremy. What is the distance record? What lap number uh, are we, we looking for? I'll leave you a moment to, to find that whilst I run down the positions of the car behind our safety cars. Porsche 963, number 7. Oh, shit, Adam's already put a hand up down in the pit lane. And says, oh, you saw that. Um, it is 593 is the minimum number of laps that have been run by the top class car. 833 is the distance. Wow. That was last year. And uh, for, or sorry, 2020. And for the GT3 spec cars, 765 laps Ooh. is their record. Their minimum is 561. So we look set to beat that uh, if we should stay green and not have that Give giant me. rain delay that we had in 2019. Give me that, that top number again. Uh, the, the max number yeah. for the top class cars was 833 laps. 833. And I've got a pit caller. I was not expecting this. AO Racing is in the lane with their Porsche, and they are going to work on the right front tire. Now, the pits are closed because this is considered a short yellow within the first 15 minutes of running. The pits will open off the back of the short yellow, which is different from years past but it's been that way for a couple of years now they've taken the right front off they're looking at the right front and the left front Ooh, and they've got a new brake disc up on the wall for each of the front wheels that's not a great start for this team thank you share share adam down in the pit lane other classes ben keating held on to the lead from pole position in the wins orica in lmp2 nico benio in the 33 Sean Creech Motorsport. That's the Stars and Stripes machine leading in LMP3. In GTD, Fabian Schiller held on for the bright chrome blue with flames on the front of it in GTD. That's the number 75 Sun Energy 1 car. Mauro Engel leads the GTD pros for WeatherTech Racing in the white, red and blue at GT3 AMG. So everybody packing up behind the safety car. And the pit has been opened for everyone. Now, interesting. So the pit has been opened for everyone uh, early on. Down at the pit out end of things, we have the AO car still being worked on. This is the tribute swap shop livery. And hearing from the pit lane that PJ Hyatt lost brakes on his outlap and actually brushed the wall in that car. 
Green flag, back to green flag. That's why the pits were opened. And we are racing once again here at Daytona International Speedway. 23 hours, 49 minutes and 30, 29, 28 seconds to go. And Tom Blancvist had to do it again, but this time at least in single file. Sebastian Borde, who was very sharp on the initial start. Philippe Nazar in third, the engineer here. Behind me is Pipo Durrani's Cadillac, the largest displacement. No replacement for displacement, as Chip Ganassi said to us earlier on this week. Nick Tandy just ahead in sixth position, uh, in fifth position, excuse me. In fact, he's gone through. The big engine of the Cadillac then purring away the highest revving engine is the Acura, it's the smallest capacity 2.6 V6 revving up to around about 9,500 revs and, uh, and that is part of the balance of performance, they were hoping to get a couple of hundred RPM more than that I think but uh, IMSA erring on the side of caution in the early days of GTP and in fairness Jeremy from our independent point of view what, and I'm sorry if I upset anybody in any of the manufacturers or teams, having 0 .7, 0 .8 of a second between the GTPs in all the running last weekend at the Raw and this week um, the stance so far by IMSA seems to have got things pretty right Yeah, fantastic job I think they seem to have done, you're absolutely right and these cars are, they've got plenty of horsepower, they are a lot more powerful than the previous generation of DPI cars, they are a lot heavier too they're about 100, well they are Minimum weight is 100 kilos more, so that's about 225 pounds more than the previous cars. Uh, and they don't have as much downforce as the DPI cars, but they are fast on the straights. And for the first time in well, quite a few years here, these cars are, uh, are now maxing out above 200 miles an hour, depending on the wind di direction, either into turn one or into the Le Mans chicane, the bus stop on the backstretch. Last year's breeder cars, they, they topped out about 191, so these are significantly faster. And uh, speak to any of the drivers, they are an absolute blast to drive. Uh, if you're listening to us around the world on RS2, don't forget, in the States, it's XM, uh, Sirius XM 207. Uh, go to interradio.com and hit the live video tab. Those pictures are working fine. So, it all coming back in to serve their drive-through, having done the emergency service for the brake issues at the front of the field. A second gap by Tom Blomqvist. Meantime, further back in GTD, it's the battle of the Mercedes. And Maro Engel in the pro car has just taken the overall GT lead. Of course, when we get to the last few hours of the race, the GTDs and the GTD pros will probably all have drivers in, so it will just be a battle. It is two separate classes. The cars are identical. What places the cars in the class is the makeup of the drivers and uh, what grades the drivers are. You're allowed a full pro lineup in GTD Pro, clearly, whereas in GTD you have to have some silver or bronze drivers. Mike Skeen then goes through in second, Maro Engel goes through to the lead, much to the pleasure of Cooper McNeil, who's stepping away from full-time driving in the WeatherTech team. It's going to be 
doing some more of the uh, team management role, but he still will be turning out for the longer races in the Michelin Endurance Cup throughout the season. So change of lead in GTD Pro. Maro Engel now leads for WeatherTech from the GTD leader of Mike Skeen, Fabian Schiller, still in third for the Sun Energy One machine, which was the pole set, had dropped back a couple of places on that restart. Best of the Aston Martins, Ross Gunn for Heart of Racing, the number 23 blue car in fourth in the GT Pro GTD line. Then Ben Barnicott for Lexus. Aaron Tealitz for Lexus, that's Pro from GT. And there's going to be a stop plus 10 penalty for the AO Porsche in properly served emergency service fuel obligation. You're only allowed five seconds of fuel when the pits are closed for emergency service. And so that car will have to come back in down the pit lane. And not just a drive through, it is a stop and hold. So, 23, 44, and 13, 12, 11, 10 seconds to go. Just in case you are linking up audio here in the States. Tom Blomqvist now three seconds to the good. This is impressive by the young Brit. I tell you, he was massively impressive last year, wasn't he? Uh, I think he... Uh, Great. Yeah, that was a... An inspired choice for him. Uh, not he was not for for that ride prior to the beginning of last season, perhaps. But by the end of it, he absolutely was. Uh, he he was a star right from the very very beginning for Microshank Racing. He was invited to a test the previous fall, uh, and they impre he impressed them there. They signed him up, and boy, did he deliver last year. Uh, he. Uh, and Oliver Jarvis just did a fabulous job all season long. But for me, Tom Blumkis really was the star. Uh, he was fast. He was uh, super consistent and uh, just, uh, you know, an exemplary job all the way around. And he is the team leader this year, qualified on the pole position again for this race. And now you're edging away another two-tenths of a second that lap. So 3.4 seconds, the gap from first to second. He's settled into now a consistent pace. He's already set the fastest lap of the race. That was a 1 minute 35.616. Uh, he's now doing 35.7, uh, 35.8 the last couple of laps. So setting into, settling in to a nice, what he hopes is a nice consistent pace. And that's the, the sort of pace we expected, somewhere between 35, 1 minute 35, 1 minute 36. The old lap record, by the way, in the DPI cars was a 133, race lap record, a 133.7. Um, the, the uh, fastest lap in qualifying last weekend was a 134.0 so you know these cars are fast but uh, and particularly considering the fact they are very early in their development curve up to second in p3 gar robinson in the ranch 74 machine that's been a good early start for him as well jeremy in that riley run leash year Really good run for Gar in the seconds. Yeah, he's really charging up there, isn't he? And, uh, you know, that uh, Riley Motorsport team had a huge amount of success in the past. Uh, they've won six Michelin Endurance Cup championships over the last uh, eight, nine years. 
Uh, that's more than anybody else. They won four in GT2. They won the last two in LMP3. So that's very much the team to beat, particularly in the long-distance races. Lap traffic for the leaders coming up this time around. As we continue to work the opening moments... of this year's race nice to see that we're settling in to a bit of a groove after that early caution for the TDS racing car and the it was the Tower Motorsport car wasn't it all dealt with very quickly 107.9 FM around the circuit Sirius XM 207 and around the world in audio at RS2 via the RS player video via the live video tab at imsaradio.com I'm reliably involved by the techs who've been working hard behind the scene that imsa.tv is working as well there's also a selection of in-car cameras if you want to look at those too as it all comes through the pit lane to serve its 10 second stop and hold not been and the start of the race they wanted to do no, it. not at all. Tower has just gone back out again. Did we get to the bottom of that, uh, Shea Adam? What was the uh, the issue with that car? That's Joe Bradley's end of things, John. Oh, sorry, Mr. Bradley, did we get to the bottom of that uh, number eight tower machine? We saw it stopped uh, and then going again. What was the uh, the cause of that? Uh, not, uh, not aware of that at the moment. I'll go back and recheck. The team had all left the pit box and were headed back to the garage which was where the car was uh, recovered to so I'll go and follow that up Thanks Bradis, hello to Jules Boyce watching and listening in London just after a minute past seven there at IMSA Radio if you want to get in touch let's hope we get a nice long green flag run here, that's what Jeremy and I and the teams like they, they want some long run competitive data here, talking to the Porsche three of the Porsche drivers a moment or two ago in the outstanding Porsche hospitality suites uh, overlooking uh, the Speedway turn one and uh, Mathieu Jaminet, Matty Campbell and Michael Christensen all saying yes we've had a lot of time but we've not had enough time they're still not really dialed into the low temperature tyres and this is consistent with what we're hearing from the other manufacturer drivers as well we, I do really feel, Jeremy, and, and I, I kind of like this. Nick Damon always says uh, in Formula One when there's a, a change of regulation that, that things happen um, oddly and somebody will get it very wrong and somebody will get it very right. It seems like all the GTP manufacturers have got it pretty right, but there's still clearly quite a lot of data and knowledge for these guys to pick up at this race and we start with a 24 hour race this is yeah. not a four hour little potter around is it Ooh, no it's not they're side by side across the start finish line there the battle for fourth uh, third position Felipe Nasser and Ricky Taylor absolutely side by side in amongst the GT traffic I think the Porsche was just about able to hang on there Felipe Nasser but only Mike. just boy that was uh, that was uh, an interesting <laughs> moment uh, so update on the tower uh, number eight in LMP2 that car is back out on track. It was an ECU. They simply uh, just swapped out a new ECU for the old one, and the car's back out and running sweet. Thank you, Joe. 
Well, that's the P2 car. We were, you know, we're expecting issues and electrical gremlins for the cars at the front of the field. Those are pretty well known. They have had a, a little change. They've lost about 50 horsepower, although IMSA will be looking at that before Sebring. Uh, quite frankly, because the GTP cars, I think, Jeremy, are faster than everybody expected at this stage in their development. So there may be a bit of power going back to the P2s after this race. Yeah. Uh, oh, Blomqvist is carving through this traffic like it's a police chase. He is, but last lap around was a 138.3. The previous laps were, were in the 36s, so it cost him about two and a half seconds on that lap, working his way through that traffic. Uh, but uh, again, you, you've got to. We talked about it early on. You've talked about it already. The Porsche keys to the race. You've got to be patient. Uh, losing a couple of seconds here and there uh, in traffic is not a big deal at all. There's three, at least three wide coming around turn four there as the, uh, the, the bright, well, sort of gold and black Cadillac with Sebastian Bourdais at the wheel of the second-place car number 01 was right up against the wall, passing two or three GTD cars at the same time. They were kind of side-by-side side as well. This is really interesting battle here. Uh, so we now, uh, this is 12 laps completed by the race leaders. I'm expecting the first stint to last uh, somewhere around about 20 around about 30 laps or so before we see the GTP cars on to pit lane uh, and of course it's with the hybrid systems on these cars it's not so much fuel that the teams are concerned about during each stint you have a specific amount of energy that you're allowed to use be that energy from the uh, internal combustion engine the traditional motor or the electrical power from the hybrid motor as well and you have a, a th that that is a set amount of power or energy, I should say, that you're able to use during a stint. That is mandated. If you overstep that mark, then there's a penalty, and a hefty penalty at that. What I'm getting at here is when the cars make their first pit stop, it will not necessarily be because they're out of traditional fuel. They might, there may well be a considerable amount of fuel left in the tank, but they've used up all their energy. Uh, 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 and so it, the, the strategies formed on the pit lanes are going to be very different to what we've seen in the past for the GTP teams. Jeremy Shaw and John Heindhoff on the fifth floor as the number six Porsche of Nick Tandy now has to pick its way through the traffic down into turn one with a whole gaggle of cars ahead of it, it's fifth place for the man from Bedfordshire at the moment picking up his new company car when he gets back reliably formed as a GTS Cabriolet 911 how very nice been very successful with Nick Tandy racing down through the years in the Carrera Cup GB over 100 victories now for Nick and the rest of the team and I know that the Nick Tanny Racing guys will be tuned in back in the UK with the other Nick. <laughs> he runs it when Nick Tanny's not there. Watching the boss, as they always call him. And he, at the moment, is holding down a solid fifth position. Yeah, he just got back past uh, Pipa Durrani. Those two have exchanged places already twice during this race. Uh, Durrani got past Nick Tandy uh, on uh, on lap five. A couple of laps ago, Nick Tandy re 
returned the favour and got back past the uh, wheel and engineering Cadillac, car number 31. So, uh, in fact, the last couple of laps, he's pulled away a fair bit as uh, Pipo either had some problems with the traffic or he's managing his energy usage. That's something that the drivers are going to have to be very, very much aware of during this race. And we don't have any uh, readout on this virtual fuel tank as the leader goes across the line again. So this is something for IMSA to keep an eye on. Same as we don't know which tyres are on the car. We could have that information because it's all on RFID uh, chips, but uh, it's not given to us for, I think, perhaps, I think it would give uh, advantages to the other teams. Mistake there by Ricky Taylor, a rare one, a turn one, and he's dropped a couple of places. Ran long in the number 10, Conning Minolta Acura, was in fourth position, and I'm pretty sure at least Nick Tandy went through. So Tandy, I think, up to fourth position now. If not, he'll be very close to the back of that black and blue Acura. Here's Ben Keating down into turn one. Just to our right, turns in, got the Eel Porsche ahead, not the start of the race that they wanted. For that number 80, PJ Hyatt machine, if you missed the story. During the week, the swap shop colours are back. PJ owns the original 935 Porsche swap shop. What a lucky man he is. And Gunnar Jeanette, whose father engineered that car was driving it for some promotional purposes uh, in the on the Thursday of Raw Week, so I got to see them both together running around. That was... Yeah. Anytime somebody fires up a 935 near you, that, that's a special day. Yeah, very cool cars those were, and uh, they were racing here. Uh, there were some of them still racing the first time I came here. <laughs> yeah, a long time ago. Uh, but, uh, look, I feel bad for... for uh, that AO team having the problems early on, but is that a little bit of karma? The interview he gave to, I think it was, well, before the start of the race, he was he was rather negative about the uh, balanced performance that uh, Imps had given the, the Porsches. Has that, has somebody upstairs had a word with uh, that team and <laughs> dealt them a problem early in this race? I don't know, but uh, I, didn't, I, I didn't care for that negativity, quite frankly. Uh, well, I the, thought that was rather sad. Uh, the, the, the Porsche line on that and, and if you haven't keep, I, I accept there's a lot of people who uh, you know will watch this race like you watch Le Mans and, and, and don't keep up with all of the stories. The Porsche 992 GT3R is a brand new car like the Ferrari 296 and therefore IMSA are still collecting data on it they decided to go relatively conservatively with their settings for that car, conservative for the settings on that car, the car is the same weight as the car it replaces it has a slightly bigger engine 200 cc's more which doesn't produce any more power but it does deliver its power a little bit differently but they have a five millimeter reduction in the restrictor and that is causing some problems at the top end and pulling out the corners one or two drivers you were talking to from other cars jeremy who seem particularly out with the international horseshoe and down at the west horseshoe those Porsches seem to be, if not tied to a post, at least struggling a little bit. It's an ongoing situation. And the official Porsche line, as well as many of the other teams, is, look, we understand that it's an iterative process. We have full confidence in IMSA to gather the data, and they gather a lot of data. I spoke with somebody from one of the Porsche teams. I'm not going to say who this was. says, IMSA are the gold standard. 
It's not working for us right now, but IMSA are the gold standard of setting their BOP in terms of it being a empirical process of data collection. Of course, they're disappointed right now, but they are going to race and they're going to see where they are at the end of this. And then there'll be a meeting and they'll be talking about it. And that's exactly why I was so disappointed in Gunnar Jeanette's uh, comments down there. Uh, they were uncalled for, particularly at that stage. You know, that's, we're, we're in race mode now. Uh, we've got, you've got what you've got. Make the most of it and do what you can. Run what you brung, baby. Absolutely right. Get on with it. And it's, I, I realise that these are million-dollar commitments for these GT3 cars for the Porsche customers. And so do Porsche as well. But let's see how it all shakes out for the rest of the season. It's a big race. It's, it is, it's an unfortunate factor as well as a great one that we start off with one of the biggest races and the longest race of the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship season. When new cars come along, that's always going to cause talking points, yeah. let's say. Yeah, quite. Leader is out front. Lights are on flash. <laughs> this is Tom Blomqvist. Stretched it out about four seconds again. So he comes down into turn one goes through and now starting to pull his way through the LMP3 car has got the Sean Creech Motorsport leader right in front of him, just past Fred Pordad in the number 55 LMP2 car now Nico Peño in the Sean Creech car they had an engine issue early on in the week and it was changed, not a brand new engine, but an engine change God, Tom Blogfist really on it here has to be, though, because Bordet is pushing just as quickly. Lost a couple of seconds, though, last time around. Nick Tandy and Philip Nasser. Nasser in third in the number seven. The way to tell the Porsches apart, by the way, they're both that uh, red and pinstripe. The seven car has the black pinstripes and side stripes. The six car has the white. That's the more, for those of you of my age, that's the Salzburg Porsche. Colours, if you go back a few years. Ricky Taylor in the number 10 is right with Tandy for the second of the Acuras. Then the two Cadillacs, and it's the Pipo Durrani-driven wheel and engineer in Action Express car in sixth, the head of the Cadillac racing car in seventh. Then eighth and ninth, the two BMW M hybrids there into the three seconds further back down the road, Philip Eng and Nick Yellowley could be a little bit of a case as it was last year for BMW with the new BMW M4s a little bit of softly softly catchy monkey side by side for fourth position through the tri-oval <laughs> and they go either side of the EO Porsche my goodness me no that was the Fab Buddha car wasn't it the uh, Happy Buddha car the Kelly Moss racing machine cool. the other red and white car and they're still side by side this is the battle for fourth position, and Nick Tandy has had to give best there to Ricky Taylor, recovering after an uncharacteristic error by Taylor a couple of three laps ago. Who was in the Kelly Moss racing car as they went through? I think they're still screaming into the radio even now, half a lap later. <laughs> Yikes. If you've ever had that happen to you, where two large prototypes go either side of you, the only thing you can do is keep the steering wheel exactly where it is and keep your foot on the throttle for as long as you dare. They were coming into a braking area there. That was outstanding driving. 
Who did start the Kelly Moss racing car, actually? Which one was it? Oh, yeah, good point. Yeah. I, I think it was Blinkermorland. I think it was Blinkermorland's car. So he's got a bit of experience. Yeah, well, yeah he's not driving it. That's, for, that's uh, it was, It's the two gentleman drivers who are, who are driving it. Uh, it's, it's either David, David Brulia's number 92 car and Alan Metney in number 91. I didn't see which one it was, to be honest. Oh, that's interesting. That's Blake and Morland qualified that car. Yeah, well, for some reason, they've changed the rules there. You don't, right. The, the, uh, the qualifying driver doesn't have to start anymore. I don't know why they've done that, to be honest. I, it's, right. I, I liked it before. And um, I thought that was only if you put a bronze driver in, you could swap yeah. him out. But never mind. Moving on. Cadillac of people. Durrani looking at the back of Nick Tandy's Porsche now. That's the one with the white pinstripes. As they head through and down to the International Horseshoe, so-called, because of Turn 3, if you like. But it's got the flags of all the nations represented here around it. And they are showing us that the wind is blowing behind the cars down into turn one and onto the nose of the cars going into turn seven. For which read from the drivers and the teams, few, because when it blows the other way from the west end of the circuit, it makes the turn into turn seven, particularly for the prototypes, very difficult indeed to the Le Mans chicane. In uh, GGD Pro, that uh, Aston Martin's moved up well, hasn't it? Ross Gunn now is onto the tail of Maro Engel. That's the battle for GGD Pro, and they're ahead of all the GTD cars, uh, about six seconds behind uh, Engel and Gunn in the Mercedes and Aston Martin, respectively. So it's number 79 and 23 is Mike Skeen in the leading now GTD car. He's overtaken the pole sitter in that class, Fabian Schiller, in car number 75. So it's Team Courthoff Motorsports that leads the way in GTD. And then kind of a you know, big, old, big old train behind those two. But the Aston Martin certainly has, uh, has moved up the order very quickly in the early stages of this race. That's the Harter Racing GTD Pro car, number 23, of the Englishman Ross Gunn. Here's a battle on the tri-oval and into turn one. This is going to be very tight. There's a touch there. Durrani hits the back of the six Porsche. Nick Tandy pulling over to take the racing line and Durrani running into the left rear corner of the Englishman. Ooh, now, how will race control see that? Six of one and half a dozen of the other. Perhaps just shows how unsettled those cars are over the transition. Durrani comes down pretty early. Tandy, though, he's still ahead. Ooh, pick the bones out of that one, race control to our left. Was there any overlap? Possibly. Was he alongside? Absolutely not. No way. And nope. both of the cars end up off the circuit. And it's good driving and good luck from Nick Tandy that there wasn't more damage there. That could have pitched him sideways into the wall. That's actually a bigger hit yeah. than I thought it was, yeah. having seen it from the onboard. I think yeah. Tandy's... Look, I, I, I think Tandy I, can go for the inside there. I think he's still got the line, Jeremy. Oh, absolutely, has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To totally agree there. I mean, if there's going to be a penalty called on that, um, then it would be certainly on uh, on Durrani rather than Tandy. They might get away with it. Uh, it's if, under review. If, if Durrani had made, yeah, is it? Yeah, okay. If if Durrani had made the pass, 
then for sure there would be uh, some consequences. They might let it go in that they're both able to continue as long as there doesn't seem to be any major problems for either. It cost them a couple of seconds. But, uh, yeah, that was an unnecessary move, I think, there from Pippa Durrani. Particularly as we are 40 minutes into the race. Remember our Porsche keys to the race, traffic management and patience. That includes uh, with class cars as well as cars that aren't in your class. Sheer Adam has been watching the Ferrari 296 GT3, the blue and chrome car of Giorgio Sien, uh, Serna Giotto. Is there a bit of damage on that car, Sheer? There's quite a bit of damage. Uh, the floor was flapping as he came through the trioval the last time. It looked as if there's bumper damage as well. And the Chetelar mechanics still sitting, but they are aware that there's an issue with their car. They're just hoping that it hangs on and doesn't cause a debris caution. And, uh, and Durant did get past Tandy, didn't he? So uh, uh, he might be asked, at the very least, to give that position back again. We'll have to wait and see. 21 laps completed there for our race leaders. Tom Blomquist leads by about five and a half seconds over the uh, Cadillac of Sebastian Bourdais in second place. That's a kind of a 0-1. Uh, Philippe Nasser only a second or so behind him in the best of the Porsches in third place. At IMSA Radio, if you want to get in touch with us, always good to know where you're watching or listening for. Let you know what happens with that incident involving Durrani and Tandy. 5.7 seconds, Blomqvist over Sebastian Bourdais. These car, these GTP cars through traffic are absolutely stunning. The GTD cars is as, are as quick as they've ever been here, and yet they looked, they really do look like they're chained to a post when the leaders go through. Extraordinary stuff. Jordan Pepper in the bright green, 63. Lamborghini working his way through traffic got a bit of a battle going on with the GTD Ferrari of Daniel Serra delighted to see Giuseppe Risi back so Iron Links versus Risi Competizione mm. the Pennzoil sponsored car uh, and that uh, Risi Competizione team having won last year's uh, Michelin Endurance Cup in GTD Pro good effort by them they just concentrated on the long distance races last season I think they've already committed to doing the same again this year so that's great that we will see that Ferrari on a regular basis at least for the long distance races the um, and Giuseppe Risi telling us at Motul Patil Le Mans he was investigating getting hold of a 499p which is the new Ferrari prototype which shares the engine actually with the new 296 the just under three litre V6 machine 499 cubic centimetres per litre, hence 499p. And uh, yes, please, I think is the answer to that from all of us sports car fans. I've said it before, I'll say it now. Uh, even among the teams in the pit lane who have to compete against them, uh, Ferrari and Giuseppe Risi, particularly Giuseppe Risi's Ferrari, they are a popular team. Probably everybody else's second favourite team at the very least, even if you've got to compete against them. Two BMWs running in lockstep. The BMW M Hybrid V8, Philip Eng and Nick Yellily, barely a tenth apart as they work through traffic. As in comes the EF Corsa number 88 LMP2 car, Francois Perotto and Eric Lux also coming in in the number 51 Rick Ware Racing car. This all looks a bit standard. Yep. So is that about right, Jeremy? You're happy with that? Yep, absolutely right. We are... Uh, 23 laps uh, completed 
uh, by uh, the well, between two laps actually completed by the LMP2 cars. Uh, yeah, they, they'll, they will go longer since than that once the race gets underway, but they've, they've already done two pace laps, of course, before the start of this race. I would, I'm, I'm anticipating LMP2 since once the race really gets going to be around about 25, 26 laps. So 22, yeah, it's on the conservative side, but you want to make sure uh, you've got your consumption right. I mean, this is these are conventional cars. There's no hybrid technology in LMP2. They're good old-fashioned um, good old-fashioned cars uh, and uh, yeah. yeah there's no trickery to those uh, but uh, they have been slowed down a little bit they're, they're using a lot less revs than they were a year ago they're mandatory and there's a little bit more weight wow. 10 kilograms of weight also onto those cars and also the fuel fill is taking a very very long time that has been slowed down also by yeah. 10 seconds yeah and the, I've, the, I've just noticed the, that yeah, now their minimum minimum pit stop time for full full fill was 30 seconds same as the dpi cars but both of those categories are now up to 40 seconds this year because the uh, in the uh, in the gtp cars the new top level cars they have a lot more fuel on board right. than they had one year ago uh, Aero were in as well there by the way with right wearing all three of those cars just taking fuel no michelin tires uh, and Joe Bradley is uh, waiting for the leader in LMP2, which is now in the pit lane, Joe. Yeah, I've got him, and it's again all, only fuel for the number 52, the PR1 Matheson Motorsport car coming in. Um, I'm a little bit puzzled because they're allowed to change tyres. However, they haven't got an unlimited stock, have they? They've got a limited stock of tyres, so they've got to stretch all of those sets, not just through the race, but through the week practice qualifying etc it's been fuel for all of the lmp2 cars down on my end of the pit lane but four tires going the way of george kurtz and the crowd strike zero four and we've got four tires as well for stephen thomas in the number 11 after that off-track incident right at the beginning of the race they are waiting on the fuel and the last part of the pit stop being the fuel means that tds racing has done their job to perfection and the 55 Proton car, different strategy. This end, Simmons down Shears end up. The 55 Proton LMP2 entry, they're going for tyres as well as fuel. Absolutely standard stops then for those uh, LMP2 early stoppers. Although a little bit of a difference in strategy, uh, which is very interesting at this early stage. As the guys say... Uh, tyres are not an infinite resource here uh, and indeed in GTP two different compounds of uh, Michelin slick tyre, tell you more about that uh, later on hello to Dennis Foster who's tuned in watching and listening on imsaradio.com in sound and vision, three hours south of Lesarth and we have a McLaren coming in this can't be a standard stop. Tyres coming over the wall there. And driver change going on as well. That looks like Brendan O'Reeves' helmet. Uh, I believe he was getting aboard this car. Did he? He didn't start it. No. Um, they are doing fuel and tyres. They are slightly scuffed tyres, but they are still new Michelin rubber. And we are waiting on the driver change to complete before they drop the car off the airjacks. It's got gullwing-style doors, so if they were to drop the car off the airjacks, it would knock the mechanic trying to help install Brendan behind the wheel on the head. Now the fuel probe comes out about five seconds before the car actually manages to get rolling. Brendan with a brief stall, and there he goes out into the race. That felt a bit early, but it also meant that they were able to get in and do their stop before their P3 brethren on either side of them come in to do their class stops. 
And with the pit stops for all those LMP2 cars, the LMP3 cars just have not yet made their first stop. I don't expect that for another uh, few laps yet. They should be able to do you know, 32, 32 laps or so. So another five or six laps before they should come onto pit lane. Uh, and as a result of that, the LMP3 is ahead of the LMP2 cars. Nico Pino for Sean Creech Motorsports. That's the car that started on the pole position in that class. He's pulled away to about 10 seconds over D Dakota Dickerson for Andretti Autosport in car number 36. Gar Robinson uh, is running in third position in car number 74. And he's got his mirrors full of Cameron Shields in the uh, South Florida-run Performance Tech Motorsports car number 38. It's the top four in, G in LMP3. At IMSA Radio dot, uh, at IMSA Radio rather, if you want to get in touch with us, IMSA Radio dot com for all of our pre-race coverage and the roar as well available for you if you feel you need to take a break from this. But why would you? And take us with you on any device with the uh, RS player. RS2 is the home of IMSA Radio, and of course, if you're here in the US and moving around, Sirius XM two zero seven flag to flag coverage. Uh, no blocks, no breaks on the audio and flag-to-flag -flag coverage on the World Feed TV outside the US. A couple of position changes in GTP. Up into third place now in the number 10 car is Ricky Taylor. He's got past Felipe Nazas Porsche last time around. So number 10 car now in third position. Also uh, a couple of places farther back, Alex Lynn in the number 02 Cadillac has got past Nick Tandy's Porsche, car number 6. I hope there's no damage to that number six car after that incident he had with Pippo Durrani. We didn't, did we see any notification about what the stewards decided on that, John? I'll check that for you, but I haven't seen anything yet, no, if I'm honest. certainly hasn't been any, any penalties. Uh, in apparent. fact, no further action yeah, really? okay, well, came in a couple of minutes ago. Wow. Okay. So, racing incident noted, though. I mean, it's been looked at, so um, I like that system that we get from IMSA where we find out what's been happening. Coming down to 55 zero minutes gone. Let's take a quick look at the class leaders. Tom Blomqvist out front by seven and a half seconds. Nico Peño for Sean Creech still leading before the pit stop start there by 10 seconds in LMP3. And actually up into 10th position overall because the P2 stops. Ben Keating has made his first stop in the 52. Wins Oregon. And he leads LMP2. The GTD Pros cycling to the front now of the GT category. Maro Engrel for 79 Mercedes, the WeatherTech car. Ross Gunn for the 23 Hartner Racing. Aston right on his tailpipes. And Antonio Garcia in the final season for the Chevrolet, Chevrolet Corvette C8R in its current form. Its replacement was unveiled here yesterday. The new Z06 GT3. And uh, leading in GT Daytona standard, Mike Skeen for Kortoff ahead of a similar EMG GT3, the 75 Sun Energy One machine of uh, Fabian Schiller with in third place Kyle Marcelli for the Rick Ware Racing Acura. The number 93 car. Uh, obviously all those drivers have been in from the start 
Let's go down to Shea Adam, more pit stops. Uh, we've got the 47, Chetelar racing Ferrari, and the service is done, but the crew is being made to work on the back of this car. The floor was flapping as it was going through the trial on several different occasions, and one of the struts on the right-hand side that was meant to be supporting it is no longer there. Waiting for the all-thumbs-up from the official Jim Fowler who says, yeah, it's all right to keep going for now. If it gets any worse, they will need to come in and do a bit more repair work on it to try and hold it in place. But in the meantime, Chetelar Racing doing a driver change, putting, uh, I think that was Roberto LaCourt, behind the wheel of the 47 Ferrari Fuel and four new Michelin tires. Uh, yeah, the 93 uh, uh, NSX, by the way, I was trying to look at two things at once. I realised I said Rick Ware Racing, and I know, in fact, it's the race's age with WTR car. Sorry, trying to look at two different parts of the timing screen at the same time. Uh, what uh, we have learned in the last uh, 51 minutes or so is how good Tom Blomqvist in this number 60 Acura is. We know, Jeremy, that they were given the uh, priority from HPD to go out and get that car quick over a single lap. Well, they've done that. And they've made it decent on a long run as well. Tom Blomqvist able to pull away almost at will from a quality field of drivers in that number 60 Acura ARX06. Yeah, but that gap has very much stabilised. Uh, it, it, it was six seconds on lap 17. Uh, it's six sec seconds now, absolutely exactly, 6.000 on lap 29. So uh, very um, closely matched in the last 10 laps or so between those two. Uh, behind, behind them, though, they've strung out a little bit. And we've got uh, GTP pit stops. Joe Bradley sees the first competitive GTP pit stop under green flag conditions. Yeah, make a note, everybody. The very first competitive pit stop in the GTP era is the 0-2 Cadillac. And make further notes that it's only taking on fuel. And a bit of a wipe down around the headlights and certainly the windscreen. No tyres, no driver, just fuel. And it is taking a bit of a while. We get a thumbs up from the crew member at the back. He's cleared out all the ducts. We've got nothing. So Alex Lynn continues in that car. And leaves on the starting Michelin tyres. No engine noise there, as you noticed, as it pulled away from Joe Bradley. You didn't hear that on his mic. That's because it takes off under electric power only. That indigo blue front end into the Cadillac racing livery moving out now the engine has fired up and will continue now to take it out of the pit lane they, they can leave the pit box on either electric power or uh, internal combustion engine power all of the teams uh, i think are, are planning to start on electric power what, it, what actually do, these cars don't have onboard starters nor do they have alternators anymore they have the the uh, motor generating unit, the MGU, which produces that electrical energy that's regenerated from when the car is braking uh, from uh, sensors on the rear axles. Uh, and then the, when the car is dropped off the jacks, uh, the driver keeps the clutch pulled in, engaged uh, as he leaves the pit box under electrical power. Then when the car reaches uh, a set speed, he releases a clutch, clutch and effectively the engine bump starts itself and then carries on under regular power from there on. Really interesting. Uh, Nick Damon has joined us in the pit lane. Hello Nick, welcome to the 61st Rolex 24 Daytona and you have the LMP3 leader making his first stop. Yeah, Sean Creech Motorsport have just uh, completed his service. They've also changed drivers. Nico Pino's popped out, so he was just in for that first 40 minutes, but they've, uh, he's done the job, kept the car going. I was uh, fighting my way through this incredibly crowded uh, tent city, 
Um, and in doing so, I couldn't see who got in. But I can tell you, it's not uh, um, a couple of other drivers. Just he's having a quick chat. I want to, I'll try and grab a word with him, shall I? In a moment. Nino? That was a, uh, a, a, a best result of all for that first stint, was it? Straight into the lead of the class. Well, it was a good start, of course. No many incidents in the beginning. I think we are doing a good job. Of course, it's just the beginning. One hour, almost one hour in, but a long way to go. I, now Lance is in the car. Everything is feeling good. The car is quick. We, so, yeah, just keep doing the things as we practice and let's see how things go. Is the rest of the field taking things calmly? Is everyone being sensible? I think it's everyone is taking it calm in the first few hours. You know, it's a long race. Everything can happen, and the idea is to keep the car as complete as possible towards the end. So, yeah, so far it's good. There's a lot of margin left uh, there. So, yeah, pretty happy with it. And I think, of course, everyone is taking it easy in the beginning. Thanks, Nico. Down to Joe at Porsche Motorsport. Yeah, the number six has just been in. Nick Tandy brought that car in. Now, remember, the number six Porsche has been... Uh, th that was the car involved with a little bit of uh, contact. However, the left-hand rear corner showed hardly any signs. The tiniest of scuffs. The sort of scuff I could have caused with just running my boot over it. Uh, importantly, none of the damage at all to that area of the diffuser. It looked exactly the same as the right-hand side. So I think he's gotten away with that. And just pulling out, as I was telling you that, is the number 60, of course, the Maya Shank car, the Acura, leading the race. That car has pit stop. It only took on fuel, which seems to be the trend down here. 25, 25 cars stopped on track, is it? That would be Nick Yellowly, if that was the case. Well, the, the, the other car, the other BMW, car number 24, that came in on the same lap as did Tom Blunkett to make its first pit stop but uh, we're not quite sure where the other BMW is. It did not come into the pit lane. The sister car is leaving now, Jeremy, and that would be the 24 car, which had Philippe Eng behind the wheel. But we are a BMW down at the moment as we are just coming up to the first hour. We'll have a full hourly update for you. VP Racing in-race update coming in a couple of three minutes time as we start to get some of the GTD cars as well well if it stopped Jeremy it's behind the wall because I cannot see it anywhere on the circuit um, where the is where was the area. last where was the last sector yeah, the last sector was the third sector so has it come in, it hasn't pitted so did it cut in behind the wall somewhere else Joe Bradley might be able to ask down there at RLL BMW Joe Bradley is down there. No sign of the 25, Joe? No, the, I mean, the team was ready uh, to receive it, just like the uh, the sister car, the 24 car that's been in and out. And oh, right, I've, no, I've got it. I've got it. It's it's pulled off on the uh, far side of the... Uh, on the on the on this side of the circuit. It's just in the cutout going into the back of the pit lane where the, uh, where the Mazda pit uh, paddock was. So it hasn't made it to the pit lane entrance. Just see the back of the car sticking out now with the binoculars. Yeah. I was scanning around. I thought it must be pretty close to the end of the lap. So I, I'm not sure they can go and get that there, Jeremy, uh, because it's it's not. Well, is it behind the wall? Can they get assistance for it sitting there? It's not in harm's way because it, it's behind the. It's protected by the left-hand wall on the apron. 
But can, can they pick that up? I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, there, there is an access. There's a, I'm not sure, there's a gate there. They can, uh, if, they, if they open the gate, they can probably pull it in straight directly into the garage area. But uh, other than that, no. Ouch. Well, I don't think that will cause a yellow. No, it's, it's not in harm's way, that's for sure. Well, fair play to Nick Yellowley, who does have the yellow helmet. Uh, there are some... Oh, did it stop there rather than pulling all the way all the way in there, I suppose? I presume he was in good, contact it? with the pit lane. But So this then, the first problem in the new GTP category. Left-hand side door, the driver's side door is open for Nick Yellowley. I'm sure he's talking to the pits. I mean... To be honest, it, it it is it is very very honest racing that he hasn't just stopped that car on the track and brought out a yellow whilst they were cycling through it. We'll get to Joe Bradley in a moment with some interviews from the drivers who've just got out of cars after the first stint. But the number two Cadillac of Alex Lean has just gone by Sebastian Bourdais. That was a pass for position between the two. Cadillac Racing Machines, that was for third. Uh, in fourth, then Seb Bordier, then Nick Tandy, who's managed to do his pit stop and get out ahead of Philippe Nazar. So the two Porsches have swapped round the way they were running. But at the front of the field now, it is the two Acuras, Blomqvist from Taylor. And considering Ricky Taylor had a spin there, he's 10 seconds away from the leader, but second in the race. The two Acuras at the top of the field. Joe Bradley. Yeah, I've got a chance to talk to Russ Good, who's literally just handed over the heart of racing, uh, Aston Martin, to his teammate, David Pittard. Let's see if we can jump in. Ross, Ross, sorry. sorry, mate, I was just introducing you. Um, always the busiest time of a 24-hour is that stint. Yeah, for sure. It's usually the stint with the most cars, and uh, traffic, to be honest, wasn't too bad, I think. The way they've slowed the LMP2s down and obviously GTP are slightly slower than DPI last year. The traffic isn't so bad, so it's nice to have a nice clean stint. We're doing okay. I mean, the WeatherTech car is pretty strong um, and we seem to have a good package as well. So we just need a clean race, no mistakes and should be all good. Did you change, Did you? do you know if the team changed tyres on the car there? Yeah, we changed tyres, so we plan to do that every stint unless there's a, a, a yellow that comes in in halfway through a stint but um the tires are holding up well everything is going going to plan so far thank you thank you ross joe bradley's gonna go and have a word with rll nick yellowly is in uh, one of the special hybrid vehicle safety areas uh, it doesn't mean that he's got a hybrid issue um but potentially why nobody's near that car at the moment there is a traffic light system on the machine that uh, on the cars that sure whether it is safe to touch that car so maybe that's what they're going through at the moment so we've had the first hour let's take a look at the vp racing fuel in race update pit stops for most of the classes now indeed as i scan down our alcamel timing screens and you can follow on as well uh, via the lifetiming Alcamel IMSA site. Uh, we'll start at the front of the field where Tom Blomqvist has barely been headed, I think, since the green flag in the number 60 Paul sitting car has never given up the lead, has led all 34 laps completed so far. 9.8 seconds behind in second. 
is the Ricky Taylor car. Then the two Cadillacs having their battle. 0-2 from 0-1. And the one being pressured at the moment. In fact, just losing a place there. Sebastian Bordier and Nick Tandy. That's two spots Nick Tandy, uh, that uh, Sebastian Bordier has lost in the last two laps. Indeed so. He, he lost a place to his to his teammate Alex Lynn on the previous lap and now to, to Nick Tandy as well. Uh, did uh, we see those pit stops, whether one of them changed tyres and one didn't? Uh, we'll get that information from the guys. Good point down there. In sixth then, it's Philip Nazar for Porsche in the seven car. People Durrani, the 31 Cadillac wheel and engineering car in seventh and eighth. The remaining BMW, the number 24 with the 25 car. Nick Yellowly sitting in the hybrid recovery area. In LMP2, Ben Keating leads from pole position from Francois Herault in second place in the, uh, the number 35 TDS racing car. There's another car that was off the circuit uh, earlier on as well. And then in third place, the AF Corsa, number 88, currently piloted by Francois Perotto in LMP3. It's 36 Andretti motorsport car that leads. Jared Andretti behind the wheel, having taken the lead from the pole sitting number 33 of Sean Creech Motorsport. Till Bechtelsheimer now behind the Ranch 74 car and running an incredible uh, third position in his first LMP3 outing, first prototype outing. Uh, and as I say that, he pits and uh, that car drops down. It's the 85 car that he's driving, rather. The Ranch 74 car is uh, Gar Robinson, who's just gone up into third position ahead of Sebastian Alvarez uh, in the number 43, which is the MRS GT racing car. And GTD, it's the pro cars at the front for a change. Aston Martin's 23 heart, a racing machine ahead of Cooper McNeil. David Pittard, by the way, driving the 23 Aston. The 79 Mercedes in second. Then the first of the GTD standards is Mike Skeen for Kortoff. Then it's the Corvette. The number three in GTD Pro with the red door squares. Jack Hawksworth now behind the wheel of the number 14. And making up the top six is the Acura. Uh, and that is the Racers Edge number 93. Currently in the hands of Kyle Marcelli. That is your VP Racing Fuels in race update. VP Racing, the official coolant of IMSA. Check out all of the details on Stay Frosty, keeping your engine cooler via vpracingfuels.com.